Welcome to Know Your Risk Radio on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Know Your Risk Radio is hosted by Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Know Your Risk Radio is brought to you by Bulwark Capital, helping families navigate the ever-changing and often volatile markets. Know Your Risk Radio starts now. Here's your host, Zach Abraham. And we are back. Thank you so much for listening to yet another, one more episode, one more show, the most scintillating hour in finance radio. And if you if you noticed kind of me trying to slow down the syntax of that opening, I'm doing so because I'm pumped. I'm fired up. This is one of those days where there is so little time. I wish we had like three hours today. You guys are like, man, <laughs> I, I do not. So it just is a warning as a precautionary measure. You may want to turn your radio down because I, I do get excited. For those of you that listened, I think you probably know that we're not short on passion here. Um, but as I was telling the, I was telling the first group here in that three minute warm up segment we do today's going to be like a MythBusters version of the show. Uh, I, I will say that I think that this is the golden age for charlatans and fraudsters. And those two are very different things, right? A lot of times the charlatans believe what they're saying. I think we need to separate those two. I think the connotation behind charlatan is a little too negative. Um, meaning it, it, it it's, you know, if you want to know, like the, at least the way that I view a charlatan is kind of a, a living, breathing example of the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is the less you know about a topic, the more confident you are about what you know. And the more you know about a topic, the le- less confident you are in what you know, which is incidentally one of the reasons we manage money the way we do, managing risk. Because do we tilt the investments in the portfolios toward the direction that we think is correct? Yes, but we also hedge it. Why? Because we can be wrong. And anybody that is discussing the world of macroeconomics or investing or retirement investing with you that doesn't say that, then don't listen to them. That is a charlatan or worse yet, a fraudster. And I'm not saying that any of these people I'm going to discuss are fraudsters. I'm just saying that in general. I, you know, that's that's the basis behind why we manage risk. It's the only thing that we can have absolute control over. You know, what is my exposure? So we're going to do a segment today. I, I was alerted by several listeners and several clients that we talk about risk management in such a way that that unless you're probably a trader, and, and I felt a little embarrassed by this, guys, because one of the one of the aims of this show is to take these really complex investment themes and macroeconomic themes and to bake them down to a level where somebody that doesn't do this for a living can understand it. I, I cannot tell you how many times, well, I'm not smart enough to understand that. That's nonsense. Yes, you are. It's just a different language. It's different vernacular. Like I've said before to my clients, you take me to the the factory floor of Boeing and you start talking about what you do, my eyes are going to be rolling back in my head. Why? Because I don't do it 40 hours a week, right? So, you know, first and foremost, we want to be almost like a uh, an interpreter, right? Somebody that breaks it down so you can understand and make your own decisions. More importantly, I think the more that you understand, the more... Well, I hope anyway, (laughs) the more that you will understand why we do things the way we do. And we're also going to hit on going back to why we do things the way that we do. I also want to talk right now, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this. This is a complex thing, and I actually want to dedicate an entire show to it, maybe one of our deep dive interviews. And I'm trying to figure out who the best person to have on to discuss this with. But I'm going to sit here right now and I'm going to tell you that one of the things that I think needs to happen in the financial and investment industry is we need to bifurcate. We need to separate. We need to differentiate between investing and managing retirement savings because the rules should be completely different. 
they're ludicrous. Why? Because the whole basis of buy and hold really works because you're not selling anything, right? The basis of buy and hold investing, the invest, no, just ride with it up and down. The reason that works is because regard, if markets go down, you're always buying more. You're lowering the overall cost of your portfolio. So even though you see the amount go down, it doesn't really matter because markets will always recover if for no other reason than inflation. Okay. So that's why it works because you keep adding to it. So by the time the market rebounds, your cost product, right? The cost of your portfolio has been lowered and you own more stuff. Okay, once we enter retirement, that entire process reverses. Now, rather than buying more stuff every single month out of your paycheck, you are selling stuff out of your portfolio. And and the fact that the world sits there and says, you're 55, you got seven years left in retirement, a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is the way to go to you. Okay, so then you go and ask that same advisor, all right, I retired yesterday, you know, how are we going to change the portfolio? Oh, no, this, this, is, this is the same portfolio you should be in. Like, think about that. That's crazy. Right? The whole defense of that form of investing is the fact that you're adding money to it every month. Now we start doing the exact opposite. And you're telling me that I should do it with the, that's like saying, hey, you know, I, I, I've, I've got quadruplets on the way and I drive a Porsche Boxster. What should I do? It's like, I, I don't know, get new spark plugs and gas it up. <laughs> what? Huh? The, the whole purpose, you know, the, my needs for transportation have just changed. Nobody would say that. Yet when it comes to investing, when it literally comes to the most important part of your financial life, the reason we've all worked and saved for 40 plus years. Oh, no, 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 no. no keep the Porsche Boxster. It's just mind blowing. And hopefully we can be a very small voice in trying to get that message out and getting people to understand that when you, and I've used this example so many times on the show, right? The S and P 500 was flat from 2000 to 2014. However, if you were working during those years and kept contributing to your 401k, you were up substantially over that period of time, despite the fact that the market went nowhere. However, had you been living off your investments over that same period of time, you have way less money than you started with, and you may be broke. You're probably broke. It's just madness. Now, Perhaps you were way overfunded, like maybe you needed 60, 70 grand a year and you had 4 million saved. You're probably still fine, but that's not the majority of people out there, right? And that is why risk management, that's why things need to be done differently in retirement because the losses, even though it's just part of investing, the losses are so much more punitive. Anyway, let's get into the market update. I just had to... I hear these people saying this stuff and I'm like, this is insane. The, the, mathematically, it's insane. It's not my opinion. Just, <laughs> just look at the numbers. The whole defense factor of that traditional form of buy and hold investing works because you're constantly redeploying new capital and lowering your cost. In retirement, it doesn't work that way. You're constantly selling. Ah, anyway. Okay, so let's get a market update. Uh, rates, as you know, what the, I think, the, I think the what was it, the two-year Treasury? Don't quote me on this. I think the two-year Treasury is now paying four percent. Ten-year is play, paying uh, three four, almost three five, three four four, three four five. Last I checked, um, we got a Fed rate hike announcement coming up. I am really, really interested to see what the Fed does there. They've been broadcasting the fact that they're going to hike again. I mean, when you look out there at the geopolitical <laughs> or excuse me, the, the macroeconomic landscape, um, it's really hard to justify another rate increase. It really is. Um, 
I re- I'm not sure what to believe, guys, because the Fed has done this. They've admitted that they do it. They they may have no intention of raising again, and they're just talking like they are. We call it job owning, right? Um, oh, here's another thing that I want to discuss with you guys real quick before we get in the market update. Do not buy a stock. Again, this is something that I just take for granted doing this for so long, but do not buy stocks based on quote unquote analyst recommendations. Okay. Unless you are paying for a service somewhere and I don't consider joining Jim Cramer's investment club, a service. It amazes me. Cramer was getting all bulled up talking about a market bottom a couple months ago, month and a half ago. Today he was on CNBC calling for the S and P to go to 3,100. I, Again, not taking shots, just telling you, be careful who you listen to. Um, But anyway, when it comes to the analysts, I saw a couple analysts put out some really shocking price targets on a couple stocks. And uh, I just chuckled. And then I had a client reach out to me and go, hey, what do you what do you think about this? You know, I didn't think guys, those are what we call sell side analysts. Okay. And sell-side analysts, truthfully, in the world of financial analysis and management, you know, that is like, I don't even know if it's fair to call them the JV team. It's like the freshman team. And (laughs) here's, here's what I can tell you, that those analyst price targets have far, far more to do. With that analyst and that firm trying to win the investment banking business and the deal flow from the company whose (laughs) price target that they're raising, than it does an actual price target. Okay, another dirty secret about Wall Street there, right, behind the scenes. You cannot trust analyst calls. You have no idea why they're making the call, and they care far less. I mean, think about it. They list those are not the people trading their money. Right. The best analysts at the street are not on the street. They're at the hedge funds. All right. And, you know, do they care if they make a wrong price target on a call, but the firm makes a billion dollars doing a debt issuance or an IPO for the company whose price target they issued? Okay. so long story short, don't trust analyst price targets. They are nothing. I'm not saying bet against them. I'm just saying completely ignore them. Okay, it has, it, it's just a complete non sequitur. Don't, don't even go there. So anyway, getting into rates, obviously we know the story there. Rates continue to go higher other day. I haven't checked the actual, so I'm just reading off a headline here um, because I don't really feel like you need to change. It's just not good. Uh, price 30-year mortgage is now at 6.28, I believe. Brutal. That's um, <clears throat> contrary to some other folks. Don't think that's really bullish for housing. Um, Let's see. Another one today. FedEx came out and reported, guys, we've been telling you about all the geopolitical or excuse me, uh, macroeconomic problems out there. FedEx CEO just said, boom, look, there's a global recession coming. You know, we, we you see shipping rates dropping like this and it only means one thing. Okay, so those people out there talking about a new dawn. I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You got to have a lot of humility in this game or you will. If you don't have humility, something or somebody's going to give you some. Okay, so, you know, we don't know for sure. But as I've been saying for months now, guys, just it is what it is. The macroeconomic picture is just not good. Okay, and it's not getting any better. As a matter of fact, it's getting decidedly worse. And it's actually really fitting. the Now, look, a quarter from now, it may not. And I'll be honest with you if, if that's the case. But so far, it's really fitting the backdrop that we thought. We thought that things would begin to look ugly this year, but you wouldn't really start seeing the financial impacts of it until after the summer. Why? Just a lot of pent-up demand, right? Meaning a lot of people, I think all the weddings you've heard put off until this year, right? Because Aunt Jean and... Uncle Frank, we're not coming until this COVID thing was over, right? Sometimes we don't need to get really complicated. You just need to think about human behavior. Think about the families that have been pushing off. I got a buddy of mine who bought tickets to Hawaii and wasn't able to go because of the COVID thing, and they're rushing a trip in now before the tickets expire. That's all over the place. 
So we really thought you'd start seeing things looking nasty, but not really show up on the consumer spending side of things. And, and for that matter, as long as that consumer spending side of things is strong, right, you're not going to really see it show out in the earnings. Based on what we're looking at, I think there's going to be some really negative earning shocks in the third and fourth quarter. Maybe not so much third because it takes some, you know, it takes a little while for these things to dissipate. But, um, you know, take it from FedEx. The interesting thing about FedEx, too, guys, is think about it. If something is purchased, it's got to be shipped. Okay, (laughs) they're kind of a big one on the global stage, right? Very good indicator. They've got their pulse on business in all parts of the world. Okay, their stock is down 23% today. Well, you guys are hearing this on Saturday, but on Friday, 23% today. Okay, um, the fact that some of these other stocks aren't dropping, it just shows you this, this massive disconnect that still exists between markets and, you know, asset prices. Um, and again, that is a, what can change that? And I'm not saying it will, but what can change that if the Fed pivots, if the Fed starts cutting rates? Here's the other thing. If they don't raise and you're short, right, if you're betting against the market, which right now looks like a pretty good bet, it's why we're sitting on a modest gain for the week. Um, if they don't raise, you're probably going to want to get out of the way of that. I would expect a big rally if they just don't raise. Now, I don't think not raising is going to be anywhere near enough. So I would expect, but not raising could launch another vicious bear market rally. Um, just because if you look at it, everybody is still looking for a reason to buy. You're not seeing people looking for a reason to sell. And when you get environments like this, and this is not perfect, there's no data point that is. But anecdotally speaking, if you want to know when the pain is almost up in a market, it's when everybody is afraid to buy and nobody is afraid to sell. That ain't the case, guys. We're not there yet. Not even close in my estimation. So, you know, you still the other day when the market was down 5%, you had massive retail inflows. They were buying that dip. Now, they're all further underwater from that point now today. But I'm just saying that that sentiment shift has not occurred. Um, Another one, guys, and we've been talking about this for a long time. U.S. dollar, you're still bumping right around 110. Okay, so the five horsemen of the financial apocalypse, and apocalypse is hyperbolic, but if you've been listening to the show, you know what I mean? They're all still in play, okay? Central banks are tightening. Rates are going higher. Inflation is still way above the norm. Um, Food and fuel prices are still significantly above the norm. And what was the, the, uh, oh, and the U.S. dollar. Okay, so... As I've been saying for quite a while, until one or several of those cease or start reversing, again, anything's possible, but at the very least, until all of those things, you know, until some of those are not in play, until some of those improve, until some of those recede, um, I'm not saying get out. I'm not saying go short. I'm just saying as far as risk management goes, you need to be on your toes. And those are all still running, Okay. Um, okay. Another one I want to address, and this has been with family. It's been with friends. It's been with clients. It's been with listeners. Now's the time to buy gold. We got to buy gold. We got to buy gold. Um, generally speaking, and again, guys, I don't know this. You know that I'm a fan of gold. I do not see it as a, as an investment. I see it as an insurance policy against geopolitical risk, against currency risk, things of that nature. Let's all look back at the financial crisis. Price of gold dropped 30%. Okay, it held in there better than the stock market did. Okay, but it dropped 30%. When deflation starts becoming a problem, which is happening, um, gold doesn't do well. And it's going to be very hard for gold to rally until the dollar starts pulling back. Now, the dollar and gold can rally together. But personally, I don't really think they can without Fed assistance, without central banks propping it up. Now, we could be wrong. Here's the other thing with gold, guys. I, it, it's a really clear chart, okay? You're right around 1700 bumping around between 17 1750 
I mean, what I'd say is, hey, you got a pretty clear demarcation point, 20000 or $2,050 an ounce on gold. I would own it above that level. I would be hedged or not own it below. And, I, I you know, you're like, well, that's a 15% run there. Well, I mean, yeah, but so you miss out on the first 15. Who cares? Right? I mean, that, that's not the point. I mean, the whole theory behind gold is that it's going to go parabolic at some point. So it doesn't really matter if you miss out on the first 15. Again, it's risk management. What decision can I make that leaves me in good shape either way? Right? Also, here's the other thing. I think it's a strong possibility you could see gold plumb, you know, between. I'm not calling for this. I don't think gold should be going down. I think it should be going up. But here's the thing. The market doesn't call me every day and ask me what I think should happen. Right. You cannot invest ideologically. You got to play the game in front of you. And in an environment like this, where you see everybody scrambling for dollars because economies are falling off a cliff and I don't want to be hyperbolic. I just mean when you look at the charts and you look at the, you know, the stuff, it just doesn't look good. And it's pretty much it's pretty much the world, the world over. Right. Um, When you see that and you see central banks tightening the way they are, I, I it's just historically, the odds are very much stacked against gold. Okay. Here's the other thing. I'm not nearly as big a fan of playing the metal as I am the miners. Typically the gold miners are going to make you four to one, the price movement in gold. Now, is it a bad idea to own both? No, but if you're owning gold and you want to buy gold right now, I would sit there and say, you need to be prepared to make a commitment for at least eight to 10 years because it's not a trade. Right. It's it's a long term insurance policy. And, you know, people out there calling it an investment, we're going to get that into Buffett. And I'm not saying I completely agree with him, but it makes a lot of sense. An investment is something that produces cash flows. Okay, Gold doesn't. Uh, what else do we not get to here? U.S. dollar market. That, that's pretty guys. That's pretty much it. Um, I will just say that if you've been listening to the show and again, not not bragging, guys, I've done this too long. You know, things can change, but just it, it it's just playing out eerily like we've been saying it was. And uh, both stocks and bonds continue to get pounded. Um, it is what it is. And if that's waking you up to the risks out there and you've decided, hey, I need some risk management. I need to know that I'm good regardless of what happens. I need to know that if we're wrong and markets go up, I'll still make money. Maybe not quite as much, but more importantly, if, if it is what it looks like, right? If it is what it looks like, I'm okay. And, and, I, and you know, I, it's hard for me to think that that's a bad position to be in. Not, not hard for me to think it. I, I know it's not, right? You get one retirement. And if that's not what you're getting, and it's probably not. Give us a call, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. And guys, I'm not, I'm not bragging. You know, like, again, we've had tough runs like everybody else has. But if you look at this week, what are markets down? 6%. We're up a little. Right around flat, but we're up a little. Okay, if that's the kind of stability you're looking for, give us a call. There's a better way. We can drastically reduce your risk while increasing your potential upside. Okay, and do it all for less money. Do it less fees. Give us a call, 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com or capitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. Stick with, stick with us through the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach discuss key investment strategies across several asset classes, not just stocks and bonds. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. And Zach, I know you and Bulwark are laser-focused on risk management. What is the biggest risk right now? ironically bonds really why because of all this money printing and the fact that we're still at zero interest rates it's likely to create some serious inflation and inflation crushes bonds if your portfolio has a significant portion in bonds you may need a bond replacement strategy now get our free booklet common sense investing to learn about bulwark's bond replacement strategy that shows you how to protect your retirement against loss but still seek market gains our goal is the highest returns with the least amount of risk and cost call now for your free 
free copy of Zach's new version of Common Sense Investing. Learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you for sticking with us through the break. All right, let's get into this. Now, <clears throat> I want to be now this this entity or this person made it personal, but we're going to stay out of that. I don't know this person. I know of them. I know what they do because they've always done the same thing over and over regardless of outcomes. But either <laughs> There's two things, and I'm not, I'm not going to mention names, and why not? Because I've, if you've been listening to this show for a long time, I've said it, and we've held true to it. I'm, not, I'm never going to beg on anybody else or anybody else's firm because it's hard for me to beg on people that I think, that I think if, if I'm proven otherwise, I, I'll let them have it. Or if I'm proven wrong, I'll let them have it. But it's just hard for me to attack people that I think that that are trying to do the right thing. And, you know, I always think to myself, you know, show some grace that you'd like to be shown to you if you were in that situation. Because I've been wrong plenty of times. And it's just it's just it's it's no good for anybody to have people taking shots at you and rubbing in your face. But I need to address this because. This person does have a platform and apparently they were out taking shots about the quote unquote firm talking about bond replacement strategies and they were doing it on, on the radio and uh, they were referring to it as, well, you can't buy the bond replacement strategy because what they're talking about is a fixed indexed annuity. Okay. First of all, that is somewhat true, but it's also like a half falsehood. Okay. Most of our clients have a combination of two things that make up the bond replacement strategy. The fixed indexed, no fee, no cap annuity is part of it. Uh, By the way, (laughs) the one that we've been using was just reviewing a client portfolio the other day. The fixed indexed annuity that we started with 10 years ago has averaged about eight and a half percent for that period of time. While you weren't paying a fee, while you had no downside risk. And they kept saying over and over, you can't do it because it's a product. It's a product. Okay, I don't, I don't know what that means. If this product triples the return of your investment with less risk and less money, then load me up with a bloody product. Okay, that's first. Second of all, this person is espousing falsehoods. Or maybe he's right. Here's the problem. Okay, Warren Buffett. Robert Schiller, the Nobel winning, uh, the Nobel laureate economist who we've had on the show, and Dr. Roger Ibbotson, the right hand man of Milton Friedman from the University of Chicago, who we've also had on the show, disagree with this guy. Now, this guy's just a financial advisor. Who are you going to trust? Buffett, a Nobel Prize winner, and the right hand man of Milton Friedman, or some dude? A financial advisor that's never actually bought or sold a stock, has never actually managed a portfolio, and who is sitting on bond portfolios that are down 20% in the last 16 months, and he was taking the risk of a 20% loss to make his clients a third of the inflation rate. You're going to listen to that, or you're going to listen to Buffett, a Nobel Prize winner and the right-hand man of Milton Friedman, okay? The guy is just dead wrong. Buffett was asked, do you consider annuities or fixed structures an investment? And he said, yes, if they produce returns, if they produce cash flows, if they produce market returns as a byproduct of the way they're structured. Yes. Had Dr. Ibbotson on the show. He went a step further, said, not only do I think that they're an investment, I think they will be a much superior investment over the next 15 years than bonds will. Well, since he's been on the show, (laughs) those products have outperformed bonds by more than 30%. Okay, if you're using the right one, right? There's bad ones out there, right? It's like saying stocks. We can't be too general and paint with too broad a brush. But I mean, 
it, and he's still out there pumping bonds. And I'm just sitting there going, dude, if you're right and rate increases are over, your clients are going to get back to even on their bond portfolio and like a <laughs> – and for the door prize, for the kicker, they're still going to be making about half the inflation rate. That's what a win looks like. What does a loss look like? Well, I mean, I'd say this year, the last 16 months look like a loss. Now, here's the other thing. You got to admire these guys as salesmen. I, I can't imagine. People are like, you know, how do you sell annuities? You know, and I'm like looking at them going, how do you sell bonds? I, you know, I, I spoke at a financial seminar. and I was like, hey, <laughs> who, who wants some bonds? Hey, I got an investment proposition for you. If everything goes well, you'll make one and a half to two percent underperforming the inflation rate by between 25 to 50 percent. If things go bad, you could lose 25 to 30. Who's in? Oh, and by the way, that whole time you can pay me a point and a quarter to manage that portfolio for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I looked at a guy the other day. And he's like, well, you know, bonds. And I just thought that was and I said, hey, look. If you want me to manage a bond portfolio for you, I can, but I'm going to want you to sign a disclosure form exonerating me from the performance of that investment. Like, what do you, what do you want to do? And I mean, the, again, we're not projecting. What is our quote unquote bond replacement strategy? It's up over three and a half percent this year combined. If you're using both parts of it, the fixed index annuity hasn't lost a dime. There's a couple products that are up a little bit, but mostly they're flat. But that's the whole point, right? Clients have asked me before, Zach, what if the fixed index annuity doesn't make any money? And I'm going, then I look at them and I go, it'll probably be your best investment in your portfolio. And they go, why? And I go, because it performs according to stocks and bonds. When those indexes and those investment goes up, it gets part of that performance. Look over the last 60 years or so, it's averaged about five to six. Right? That's kind of a long-term average. But when all heck hits the fan, you're guaranteed against loss and you're not paying a fee. I mean, you can call it a product. You can call it cow pasture. I mean, you can call it dog excrement as far as I'm concerned. If it presents me less risk and I pay less money for it and I make more money on it, then load me up with your product. Right? For instance, let's say there was a CD or a fixed annuity out there that was paying 7% guaranteed. Would you not want that right now in this environment? Well, it's a product. Well, yeah, but it's a product that's paying me 7% guaranteed. What, what, well, you got to have bonds. Why? Well, because they go up when stocks go down. Really? Uh, where have you been for 15 years, buddy? I, it's been saying it for set guys. So anyway, I, again, I don't mean to take shot. I'm assuming the guy's good. I've also listened to him talk about efficient market theory. <laughs> I swear to God to you, some of these people don't do any research or read. If they do, maybe they're reading Sports Illustrated or the National Enquirer. I, they're certainly not reading financial data and financial information. Okay, markets, if markets were efficient, nobody beat the market. If markets were truly efficient, there'd be no such thing as alpha. Again, I'm looking at this guy that's saying these things going, okay, you realize that what you're saying flies completely in the face of a Nobel winning uh, economist, Robert Schiller, who's been on the show before, who wrote an entire white paper on how the efficient market theory was nonsense. I mean, <laughs> what? I, and again, not excor I you know I think this guy is a, a generally good member of the of the community I, you know I don't think that they meet I just if you're going to be on a radio show or you're going to have a public voice I think personally it is incumbent on you to only say the things that you know and if you get proven wrong to come out and admit it and apologize and if you don't know say you don't know but I look at these guys and I'm like at what point do you pivot? And I'll tell you when that point is. It's when the loss of clients get too extreme. And, and that's why I've always joked around. People are like, oh, you love annuities. I'm like, no, I just hate bonds. It's the only alternative I can find out there. Right? And they're like, well, the, well then why are, you know, well, then, then what do you mean, Zach? I thought you, and I go, no, at some point, 
rates will go high enough and bonds will be very attractive about the same time that the other firms are out there moving people out of bonds because they've lost 40% of their money. That's probably the time that we're going to be moving money out of the annuities and back into bonds. And as a fiduciary, that's what I'm supposed to do. If regardless of the outcome, right, if I'm just regardless of the circumstance, if I'm just keep repping the same thing, right? So for 40 years, you've had below trend uh, inflation. You've had ever going uh, reducing rates. And now all of a sudden, interest rates reach zero, the lowest point in human history. And you're going to keep using the same portfolio that benefited from falling rate. It's just insanity. They're not thinking. They're acting as if there's this one size fits all approach that works all the time. Where is that true in life, let alone investing? Again, not trying to take personal shots. There were some personal shots taken by this other guy, but we're not going to do that. I just feel it's incumbent on me to sit there and tell you that it's just nonsense. And, and I'll just sit there and, I, I, you know what, I'd, I would even share my airtime to debate this guy head up. And I'd just sit there and look at him and go, okay, so you're calling Buffett, Schiller, and Ibbotson idiots. How much, how much are you worth? How many white papers have you? How many doctorate degrees? Oh, none. Oh, weird. Okay. I mean, if you're going to line me up, I'm, I'm probably going to go with Buffett, Ibbotson, and Schiller. And that's what we're doing. So if that sounds like a good idea to you, give us a call, 866-779-RISK. If you're a glutton for pain and you just believe magically that somehow bonds are a necessary part of every portfolio, don't give us a call. You're probably not going to like what we have to say. But if what we're saying resonates with you and you'd rather be on the side of Schiller, Ibbotson, and Buffett, then give us a call, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. Got to take a quick break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. I want to talk about risk management in action and explain to you guys exactly what I mean and why we're sitting on a slight gain, if not even on the week, right? Markets down six. I'm going to explain to you how that works. We're not geniuses that pick the only stocks that don't go down. We put in protection. Okay. So we're going to explain that. Stick with us through the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach uncover the truth about the financial markets with simple and honest advice to help you plan for retirement. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. Zach, what's the number one concern with people's investments right now? Without a doubt, Dory, it's inflation and it's here. All the money printing from the Fed and long period of zero interest rates, the bills come and due and inflation's going up. And when inflation rises, bonds get smoked. We've been saying it for years. If you're using bonds in the old school 60-40 mix with stocks as the safe portion of your portfolio, you're taking a risk in today's inflationary environment. Well, what should our listeners do? If you're worried about inflation, we believe that you should consider getting out of bonds and get educated with Bulwark's bond replacement strategy we teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet common sense investing learn how to protect your portfolio against loss but still seek to grow your assets call zach now for your free copy of common sense investing 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement bulwark capital management is an investment advisor representative of trek financial llc and sec registered investment advisor what does outside-the-box investing really look like? Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management, and see a side-by-side comparison of your current portfolio versus one Zach would recommend. Schedule your free risk review at knowyourriskradio.com. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. All right. Thank you for sticking with us. Now, let's get right into it. Don't have a whole lot of time left, so I want to make the most of it. A lot to say is, <laughs> as per usual, uh, but risk management in action. And I was talking about this in, in the market opener or in the market update. Uh, first of all, let me issue an apology. One of the aims of this show is to take more complex 
investment ideas and to bake them down to a level where anybody can understand them because these are not concepts that are impossible to grasp. They're just surrounded by a lot of vernacular and, uh, uh, and esoteric nonsense that makes the speaker look really smart, right? If you sound really smart, you don't have to be really smart, right? Well, of course that's not true, but Unfortunately, there's a lot of folks out there that believe that, um, or at least they act accordingly. Um, first of all, when when we talk about the fact that our stock portfolios, and again, I haven't looked at them since we've been on the show. Things are moving crazy, so you know. But you know, our stock portfolios are down somewhere between five to six on the year, which has got me ticked. I don't ever like being down. But markets are down. You know, twenty Nasdaq's back almost bumping up against 28, 27, something like that. Uh, And then we have a nasty week like this week where markets are down six um, and we're slightly flat or, or excuse me, we're slightly positive to flat, meaning we haven't lost anything. And I think we're a little up. Um, Yeah, no, I think we are. I think it's about a quarter. I think it's about at least a quarter, half percent. Anyway, bottom line is we're between like half a percent and flat on the week. Is that because I am so brilliant and we are so brilliant that we pick the only things that don't go down? No. Okay. When you hear me talking about longs and shorts, when I go out and I buy Google or Apple and it's in a portfolio, I am long Google, right? I am owning it for the long run. I don't know why the name long came up. It's just vernacular. If I'm long something, it means I own it, right? If I am short something... It means that I have short sale, sell, I have short sold it, or I'm betting against it. Meaning that if that thing goes down, I make money from it going down. And one of the simple things that we do now, there's some other things that that we do as well. But I just want to make this understandable. The reason that we are not down is because we are very much concerned about the global macroeconomic picture, which we've been talking about for a long time. Now, does that mean I want to try to time markets and sell everything? And then if it looks like it's going back up, buy everything? No, there are things that I don't want to unload, right? Things that I love, that I like, that I believe in for the long term. But at the same time, remember how we're talking about how losses are so negatively impactful to those close or in retirement, right? I'm long something that means I firmly believe it's going to work out over the long run, but the long run is indeterminable. What if the long run takes 20 years and your retirement only lasts another 12 or 15, right? Even if that ends up being the greatest investment of all time, it doesn't benefit you, right? So we got to protect that. So what do I do? Well, what we do is we look at the things that we want to hold that we believe in, and then we buy things that behave inversely. So if those things that we own go down, Something over here is going up just as much, if not more. Okay, that's called hedging, right? And the way we had now, guys, I am not telling you this so you can do it in your own portfolio. If you want to take a small portion of your portfolio and try this, that's okay. But I will just tell you, this is the trickiest part of investing. Okay, so I'm not advising you do this. Please do not go out and start shorting things. Okay, because what typically happens is people will find themselves in a scenario where their longs are going down and their shorts are going down at the same time. Why? Because they didn't hedge correctly. Or maybe they were hedging based on correlation, meaning when this thing goes down, this thing typically goes up. Well, typically ain't good enough, right? It's the old adage, you know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Certainly doesn't in investing. So you don't want to be in that scenario. That's the worst. But what we do, like I said, even the things we really believe in, right? We will buy something that is basically the opposite. And then if we are right and those things lose value, right? That other hedge, that short is going up the same percentage or greater. And then what do we do? At certain points, we take some profits out of that hedge or that short and use them to buy more of the stuff we like, right? That's managing risk. 
That's also so when I sit there and tell our clients and I don't think they understood this. And this was illuminated to me by a conversation I have with a client where I said, look, we don't really have any exposure. If you're worried about a big loss, the way we're currently positioned, it's just not in the cards. It can't really play out. They're like, what does that mean? And it kind of the light bulb went off and I went, I need to explain this better. What it means is if, if I'm looking at a portfolio and I've got longs and shorts, I can really quickly, and we do this on a daily basis, I can really quickly look at what my exposure is. If the market drops 5% or if this thing drops 5 to 10%, how much will I be up or down? And you can, if, you're, if, you're, you know, if you know what you're doing, you can tell what your exposure is. And so we can sit there and look at a portfolio and go, look, you know, this thing's only got maybe 2 to 4% under the worst conditions it can go down. And at that point, our longs or excuse me, our shorts or our hedges will become a greater percentage of the overall portfolio. And if the market continues going down or the things we own continue going down, our portfolio values will actually start going up. Right. Just based on looking at the composition of the portfolio. So it's not us looking at you and saying, hey, we're so brilliant. Trust us. You know, nobody know. Would I rather not hedge? Yeah, because it's like paying insurance, right? I'd rather not have to pay homeowner's insurance on my house. I'd rather keep the money in my pocket. Why do I do that? Because I want to be good either way, right? I'm going to pay a little bit over here to make sure if my whole life burns down, I'm not out the money. But I also recognize by doing that, you know, I'm not going to have that money in my pocket. Again, risk management, regardless of the outcomes, I'm okay, right? And then not only that, but when is the best time to buy stocks? It's when they're down. Well, when you do this, you've not only do you have more money, but you've got profits, right? To buy more of that stuff. We've done that this year in tech. We've done that this year in oil stocks. When they've gotten hit, we've made money on the hedges and used it to buy some more stuff. So even though our stock portfolios are down, you know, five to 6% on the year, we actually own more shares than we started the year with. Our, our clients actually own more of the stuff, right? Because the market drops paid for it. Like, okay, this is going to get dropped. We don't think it should drop in price, but this is a crazy market. If it drops in price, then A, it's not going to whack our clients' portfolios and they're not going to be freaking out. But B, most importantly to me, we can make a little money off this and we can use it to buy more of the stuff that we like. Right. That's what hedging. That's what that is. That's what managing risk is all about. Sitting there, having the confidence to look at clients and go, look, if the market goes up, we're not going to make as much as the market. Right. It's going to be kind of like having a drag on the portfolio. But if all heck breaks loose and this gets really ugly, you're going to be fine. You might even make some money. Right. That's managing risk. That's looking at a client saying, hey, no matter what happens, you're going to be OK. I'm not saying you're going to be great, but you're not going to have to go back to work. You're not going to have to sell a car. You're not going to have to lower your monthly budget. We're going to make sure that regardless of the circumstances, you're okay. And that's what we mean by risk management. That's another reason why I like the fixed indexed annuity as part of a portfolio. Why? What kills us in investing, right? 0809 was really painful, but think about it. Even the real estate investors at the time. Some got completely wiped out. The ones that weren't forced to sell, the ones that were able to hold on to their properties, they're sitting in tall cotton. At least they were six months ago, right? They're doing great. What about the people that were forced to liquidate at the lows? They're probably still recovering. As a matter of fact, I know several that are. Right? So it's not that things go down. It's that you have to sell them when they're down. And why they're like, I'm not going to sell it. Yes, you are. That Where do you think the money out of your portfolio comes from? It doesn't come from your bonds paying you 2.5%. That's not typically enough for most people to live on. So what you're forced to do is sell things. When the market's down, you're selling things at a loss. Then when the market bounces back, you don't have as much stuff left. Right? With the fixed indexed annuity, we know it can't lose. So even if our risk management strategy gets hit a little worse than we think, it's no big deal because we can pull money out of the fixed indexed annuity, which is guaranteed not to lose and allow those stocks time to recover. So we're not forced sellers at inopportune times. More importantly, we've got money on hand to buy things when they're cheap, right? The accounts are stocked full in 
2010 and were able to go buy houses that are down 50% from where they were 16 months ago. Okay, that's risk management. And if that's not what you have, and unfortunately, about 95% of you don't, guys, give us a call. Give us a call and call us before you're down 50. Okay, when the damage is done, don't be the guy trying to buy insurance after the fire. Okay, call us, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. Again, you guys know the drill. Have a phenomenal weekend. Manage that risk or give us a call or somebody else that does. And a good way to know who not to call is the guy out there pitching bonds, okay? Whoever he may be in all the different states that we're in. Whoever that might be, avoid them. Right, stay away from that guy. Anyway, guys, had to bump the, the interview for several different reasons to next week, but we will be back next week with an interview. Don't miss it. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Thanks for listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham now at knowyourriskradio.com. Zach will be back with more Know Your Risk Radio next Saturday at noon on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management. Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. Zach, what's the number one concern with people's investments right now? Without a doubt, Dory, it's inflation, and it's here. All the money printing from the Fed and long period of zero interest rates, the bills come and due, and inflation's going up. And when inflation rises, bonds get smoked. We've been saying it for years. If you're using bonds in the old school 60-40 mix with stocks as the safe portion of your portfolio, you're taking a risk in today's inflationary environment. Well, what should our listeners do? If you're worried about inflation, we believe that you should consider getting out of bonds and get educated with Bulwark's bond replacement strategy. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Learn how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still seek to grow your assets. Call Zach now for your free copy of Common Sense Investing, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.